Welcome to Caregiver Crossing, a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. And now, here's your host, Tina McIntosh, along with Sarah Shetty. And welcome to Caregiver Crossing, the podcast. It is Sarah Shetty. Tina McIntosh is still taking the time she needs um, for her health, and we love her, and we send all of our good vibes to her. We love you, Tina. She will be back, I promise, um, but she really appreciates all the well wishes and love that she's receiving in the meantime. So today, I am joined by a really, really great guest um, with the Alzheimer's Association of Greater Indiana. And if you know anything about Joy's house, you know that um, a large, uh, probably the majority of our guests that we serve here are adults that are living with a dementia or Alzheimer's diagnosis. So this organization um, is close to our hearts. Um, there's quite a bit of overlap in the, you know, what they are working for, for that cure and what we are, um, the, our guests that we are loving on. So we're really excited to be joined today. Uh, Lisa Phillips, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So what is your role at the association? I am a program manager, so I focus out in the community and I deliver all of the programs that help the caregivers with their daily lives. Love it. And how long have you been there? little over three years. Oh, wow. Great. And what, were you in similar work beforehand or? No, actually I was a volunteer for three years oh, great. and I loved my volunteering so much that then I actually became a staff member. You know, that's kind of my story here. It's, yeah. yeah. I yeah. volunteered here and then they scoop me up. They make the best <laughs> staff members, don't they? Absolutely. All right. So today we wanted to focus, you guys are doing just a ton of great programming, a ton of great work. Um, but we wanted to focus on, I think sometimes a topic that is, um, maybe not even known when we, when we discuss Alzheimer's, but those early stages, when I say maybe not known, it's, it, we were talking about this before recording is that sometimes people don't even think about those early stages. You know, Alzheimer's can be seen as this all or nothing. It's either you, your mind, you're remembering things, your mind is functioning at this quote, normal capacity. And then you have Alzheimer's and then it's, you know, but there is this in between. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what are those early signs and symptoms? What can be identified in those early stages? And that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. So a couple of the things that you want to look for are memory loss that disrupts your daily life. Um, also difficulty with familiar tasks. So example, driving to the grocery store, driving to the hairdresser, these things that you did all the time now become a lot more difficult. Um, remembering rules to a familiar game that you used to play all the time. Um, another thing to look for are having troubles with words. So a lot of times if your loved one's trying to think of what's called a watch, they might call it a hand clock. Um, also trouble with um, vocabulary, um, finding the right word for what they're trying to actually say. And then also look at changes in mood and personality. So they can, get, they can become confused or suspicious um, or fearful. And also challenges in planning or solving problems, such as um, following a recipe or paying their monthly bills. Yeah, you know, the moods thing is a lot, uh, what we hear from um, caregivers here is, and, and sometimes we hear that it, it can be um, maybe more agitated, 
um, or frustrated, but we've also heard that sometimes it can swing the other way and they be can become overly lovey and huggy. And while on paper that sounds great, if that's not who that person normally is, it can be really, um, you know, it, it can be a little bit fright frightening if, if there's that change in personality. Right, and unsettling to the loved one as well. Absolutely, because you've known them this one way for so long and then, you know, there's this sudden shift. So you start to identify those signs and symptoms. What what are the next steps as that loved one who is seeing that in your loved one? And this is really important. So first, I would really take the time to assess the current situation. Write down some of the specific signs and symptoms that you're noticing. Um, talk to other family members, talk to other loved ones or close friends to see if they have also noticed those changes as well. And then if they have, the another crucial step is to determine the best person or people to have the conversation with your loved one. Um, a lot of times we would recommend not having it be a group of people because then that loved one could feel that they are being ganged up upon. Um, so it's really, really important to make sure that they do not feel overwhelmed or threatened and that they're in a safe place when you have that conversation. Um, also, what you can do is go to ourstories.alls.org um, to find co some conversation starters. So to give you an example, one might be, we all forget dates sometimes, but I've noticed you've forgotten some pretty big ones lately, and I really think that we should go see a doctor about it. And also, anyone who does need additional care and support can reach out to our 7 by 24 helpline. We have master level social workers that are available to talk through the process and it's completely free of charge and confidential and that's really one of the main points of entry that a lot of the families here in indiana reach the association yeah i love that having those conversation starters that's a great resource to have because when you were talking about um just tips on having the conversation having it be an individual rather than a group i was thinking you know if i was in that situation i, I don't even know if I would know what to say, and then I would be fearful of saying you know, the wrong thing or something that would um, really upset my loved one. So I love that you guys have resources to help that person be prepared um, before they have that conversation, because it has to be an incredibly difficult one to have. And it is. So what are the benefits of early diagnosis? So what would... You know, if somebody's listening to this and is maybe fearful of having that conversation is saying, you know, I have noticed these things, um, but gosh, I just, I, I just don't want to go there, honestly, you know, and I can take care of it and we can get through it. But what are the benefits to getting that early diagnosis and getting those resources implemented early? I would say probably the biggest one that I have seen and had experience with is that loved one knows that something is not right. Mm -hmm. They know that they may not voice it. So I think that by giving it a voice and getting a diagnosis, number one, it answers some of their own fears that they might be having that they can't express to their loved ones. Um, but it also really gives them um, an ability to help with the decision making, to help in the legal, the financial planning and the care planning decisions with their loved ones. Um, also, while there's currently no treatment to be able to actually stop or slow the disease, there are treatments that may alleviate, alleviate some of the symptoms. Um, and also, it also allows people to, to participate in clinical trials. So okay. that's another key important component. Absolutely. And two, you know, just to give Joyce House um, a little plug, you know, the work that places like Joyce House here and adult day service and those caregiver support systems, you know, that really gets implemented in those early stages. And if, if you know... And I think it can't, like you said, there's no way to reverse the diagnosis, but we've seen even in our own guests um, who have maybe started to kind of retreat within themselves, 
being in a place that is uh, a place to come socialize and reconnect, um, it doesn't reverse it, but it can enhance the quality of life during this season of life, during this diagnosis. And, you know, we've, we've seen guests that their loved ones said, you know, they just now sit and watch TV and they don't talk. And then they come here and they're talking again. They have muscle tone again. Um, so I think the added benefit is to utilize resources like Joy's House, like you said, clinical trials, to really grasp onto those things that really can only exist and be implemented in that early diagnosis stage. Yeah, and also one last comment that the Alzheimer's Association is funding research all over the world, um, but without volunteers to participate, the research can't advance. So we need our volunteers. Yes, we do. Yes, absolutely. All right, so um, let's give your website, your URL, um, because we've just listed all this amazing work that the association is doing and all the great uh, resources and programming. So where can they go to learn more? Um, two different ways. Our website is alz.org, mm -hmm. and then we also have the 7 by 24 helpline. That is 1-800-272-3900. And what um, fun, great things does the Alzheimer's Association of Greater Indiana have coming up? Well, um, coming up here in the fall, we do 12 walks throughout the state every year. That's where we raise money to invest back into the community to be able to offer all of our programs and services at no charge. Um, and those are coming up in the months of September and October. That's great. Awesome. Well, we really, you know, we love you guys. We, um, we know what a valuable resource you are. Um, we encourage, uh, even if you're not finding yourself in that caregiver position, to um, consider volunteering or supporting the Alzheimer's Association. Um, and we just are really glad that you're here today. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, actually, thank you, though. We appreciate your help and support and helping us create the awareness. Wonderful. All right, guys, that will do it for this week's episode of Caregiver Crossing. We appreciate you listening. Um, take care, be safe, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to Caregiver Crossing, a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. If you would like to learn more about Joy's House, visit joyshouse.org. And for social media, you can like us on Facebook at Caregiver Crossing.